Next on BYU Sports Nation, what a night for Cougars in the NFL. Is everyone in New Orleans Saints camp on the Taysom train now? What did he do? Who's the best running back the Cougars have? And are there three? We'll preview the backs today and chat with position coach A.J. Stewart. And who better than the offensive coordinator, Jeff Grimes, to establish offensive expectations for BYU? Plus, tight ends coach Steve Clark apparently has some beef with us. Huh? Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Friday. This is how we do it. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. August 10th, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who dreamed a dream of days gone by, Jerem Jordan. I do love Les Mis. I really do. Well, while we're on the topic of dreams and uh, weird dreams at that, let's talk about what Nate Austin tweeted out the other night. Yeah, this is weird. A former BYU basketball player. But I kind of like it. Now a graduate assistant basketball coach underneath Dave Rose. Tweeted out, and I quote, Had a dream last night that BYU beat Utah 15-14 in football. At this point, a dream is all we have. We hope this year changes. It gets better. <laughs> Nick Emery had the game-winning touchdown Uh, on a fly sweep and trucked a linebacker to get into the end zone with one second remaining, end quote. Better than punching them. (laughs) The two stories are clearly overlapping. Maybe there's a little bit of Harvey Unga in that dream. I I don't know. Yeah, that's an amazing dream. One, because BYU beat Utah, and that would be awesome, right? I hope that happens. This I don't year. care Let's if go. it's fifteen fourteen. I don't care. I don't if care it's if it's three to two, two zero. Yeah, it I'll, doesn't matter. I'll take a two zero win. One because second it'd be better than the o three three zero win. Correct. I was on my, Correct. Thank you, Motab. I was on my my mission, my workout mission in Brazil, and uh, I remember looking. You know, on Monday, I went to BYUCougars dot com. Just did it, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, we lost to Utah. And the shutouts, not being shutout streaks over. Ah! That whole day I was mad. At least you didn't have to witness it in person. And that's why I went, no. Yeah. I probably shouldn't have. And I know we said it like 20 times on this program, maybe more. But the timing of your mission trip, Jerem, Mm -hmm. was amazing as a BYU fan. I missed two of the apostate seasons. uh, (laughs) Three and a four. By the way, BYU 50 location today. Nevada. Oh, you said it the correct way. Thank you, Jerem. Nevada. No, Nevada. Nevada. (laughs) Unless you're in the Eastern time zone, then uh, there's a debate on whether it's Nevada or Nevada. Come on, Get out of here. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Let's make this dramatic, shall we? Zero hour nears for BYU football. And tomorrow's scrimmage carries significant ramifications, like who's going to take a step ahead in the battle to start at quarterback? Tanner Mangum or Zach Wilson? Or Tyler Magnum. That's the headliner, the quarterback competition. But there are a ton of positions that obviously need to be solidified. Question is, how much of the depth chart needs to be figured out after tomorrow's scrimmage. Well, practice eight is today. Nine is tomorrow. 
Uh, BYU has up to 25 total practices if they want. That's the rule, okay? Before the Arizona game. So after tomorrow, that'll be 36% of the total practices. I don't think a third of the way through, you need to have your two deep carved down or your starter determined. Although, as soon as you can, I think that would be beneficial just to get that guy the majority of the reps. And that's where I think it could be a big deal tomorrow. Next week, after this scrimmage, could BYU name a starter? Say, okay, we've had nine practices We've had a couple of full scrim- you know, scrimmages. Now we had one full big scrimmage, fully padded, live tackling on the quarterback in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Knock on wood that everyone's healthy after that, right? Um, but it's football and people get hurt, unfortunately. But hopefully everyone stays healthy. And that BYU maybe next week knows who the guy is. I don't know. Two weeks will be next Thursday. Yeah, we're not halfway through BYU football fall camp, but it would be good that through 40% of the practices – they had a starting quarterback targeted. That's a position I would like to see targeted after this weekend and ready to go. What do you mean targeted? Just, just they, they're on target. They feel like there's separation there, and whether they name they, him officially on Monday or not. What's the difference between naming and targeting? Because targeting is a penalty. Oh, stop! They're going to be thrown out. Why? Why do we have to? If do it's the, the Pac-12 refs, here? if the Pac-12 refs are at the scrimmage tomorrow. Everyone's going to get right out now. Of their Tanner Mangum and Zach Wilson are targeted as the potential starters. Well, aren't they already targeted? Like, that's <laughs> yes, not that's what change, I said. Right? They're already targeted. I said that. Yeah. They're already well, targeted. I thought you said tomorrow you want to. I want to see. Tar- I'm like they're already one. Targeted. I want to see one targeted projected starter and a backup. That's what I want to so see. So figure out who the guy is. Yes. Yeah. Come okay. on now. Okay. No, turn those off. Turn those off. Oh, I'm trying to understand what you're saying. Secondly, if not now. When do we need to know on most of the position groups? When is the good time? Because I'm with you. I think it's too early to have to worry about solidifying all the position groups. I don't care who the backup outside linebacker is two weeks into fall camp. But what, it doesn't matter. When is a good time? For what? To know when the depth chart is solidified. Yeah, if Monday you have, of the game. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't need to know until Monday. Monday of the game week? Yeah. Okay. Qu- quarterback is the only one that I think earlier is better. My every, point. My point, every, yes. Everything else is... Yeah, whatever. Like, most of the starters are pretty much figured out. There's not a lot of question marks at a lot of positions at this point. You come into fall camp with a pretty good idea of who you have. A couple of spots like cornerback, it's like, okay, Chris Wilcox is probably one of those guys, but who else is in the mix? Is Michael Shelton, Malik Moore, Isaiah Heron, and different guys? Who Who's the guy at the other spot? Linebacker, you know the starting three. It's who are the backups. Offensive line, I think that's pretty clear who the who the five are. Defensive line? Maybe a little bit. Quarterback is the biggest question. And running back is an interesting one as well. Coming up, we will preview the running backs, and we'll tell you who we think the best running back is. Yeah. Is running back a position you would want to know ahead of the Monday of game week? Or does that get grouped in with everything else? No, I think it'd be good to know. I think BYU has a pretty good idea. And we'll tell you coming up. In the skill positions, it would be good to know the guys before the Monday of game week. Yeah. I think. If you don't know after three weeks, I don't think that's a good sign. Okay, so the reality check is coming for several players when they find out where they will fall. But the even bigger reality check comes on the first Saturday in September. Countdown to the Wildcats. 22 days. Three weeks from tomorrow, BYU football at Arizona, September 1st in Tucson. 
to open up the 2018 season for the Cougars and Wildcats. I thought it was Tuxin this whole time. This season, offensive expectations are much higher than last year. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes has stated he wants an energetic, physical, disciplined offense. Tight ends coach Steve Clark said Grimes won't tolerate pre-snap penalties and turnovers. So, Spencer, where will we see the biggest difference in the offense this season? Uh, Jerem, it will be better period. We will see more first downs. We will see more points. We will see more excitement, more moving of the chains. We'll see more overall success. And I know what some of you are thinking. Well, it's not going to be hard to see more success based on what happened last year. You're right. But the biggest difference we will see is BYU's consistent ability to move the ball. They were inconsistent all over the map last year. We saw little flashes We'll see. Finally, we will see consistent production from the offense that's and more the points and more points. Yeah, so that's going to be the biggest difference, or difference rather, is more points on the scoreboard. The best defense is a good offense. How does discipline and physicality manifest itself? More points and more success on more the field. More points, but uh, more points. So seventeen point one, seventh worst in the nation. Okay, twenty eight a game. Would that be a nice number? Like, do we think 28 would be good? Like, 28 would be 20, fantastic. That'd be middle of the pack, okay? I'll, I'd take it. After 17, I'd, 28 seems like a dream. I'd take it. Uh, the run game is where physicality shows itself the most, okay? BYU averaged 4.2 yards per carry last year. 74th out of 130. Not where you want to be, right? I'm hoping that's closer to 4.5. That would be 50th in the country. I think that'd be good. And then in terms of BYU's offense, it was one of the least explosive offenses in the country. Big plays. Let me give you some numbers just to remind you of how bad it was. Yeah, we need this reminder, but here it is. 10-plus yard plays. BYU was 109th. 20-plus yard plays. 115th. 30-plus. 98th. 40-plus. 80th. 50-plus. 110th. So BYU was not good at being explosive and getting the ball down the field. I think BYU has more weapons to be able to do that. I hope that the quarterback, whoever it is, whether it's Zach Wilson or Tanner Mangum, can push the rock down the field. When Tanner Mangum is at his best, he is going deep successfully. We saw a lot of that, not just in Hail Marys, but the full use, the full accoutrement of Tanner Mangum's weaponry and what we're seeing out of Zach Wilson is that they can push the rock down the field. But it all depends on whether you can run the ball or not. Trust me, with BYU's schedule, it's so tough. If you can't run the ball... You ain't going to be able to throw it very effectively in all reality. You want hard data on what we're going to see in terms of the biggest difference? Let's start with those stats and big plays. BYU couldn't get the ball into the hands of their playmakers last year. It was crazy. I mean, I would argue that there weren't that many playmakers last year. Well, it didn't seem like it because there weren't big explosive plays. But If you don't make think, big plays, you aren't a good playmaker. I don't playmaker. think the quarterbacks could get the ball consistently into the hands of the playmakers they wanted, notably Jonah Trenneman. Micah Simon had the biggest pass play last year. I thought he was a potential playmaker. He made some big catches in the end zone. I'm thinking about San Jose State as I say that. Two touchdown catches there. I think BYU had playmakers. There might not have been that many, but they had playmakers. BYU just couldn't get the ball consistently into their hands. And you can blame that on whatever you want. You can point the finger in a million different directions. Bottom line is they could not make big plays They could not get the ball to their playmakers, and we will see that change this year. I don't know how much, but it will be better than last year. But I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Michael Jackson reference, check. What a night for Cougars in the NFL. Taysom Hill basically moonwalked his way into the hearts of New Orleans Saints fans that much more. Noise. As he went in 
late in the game and led the New Orleans Saints to a touchdown drive, ultimately a win, trucked a dude at the end zone, and scored himself a touchdown. Okay, we'll get into more of Taysom in a moment, but let's not overlook what Jamal Williams did as well in Green Bay. He caught a pass from Brett Hundley, scored on a touch or scored a touchdown, receiving, and then Bronson Kafusi burst onto the scene. I think in a time when he absolutely needed to make a big play because he's been quiet, he's been injured, he hasn't been able to really show much as a Baltimore Raven. He had a tackle for a loss like 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah, it was an awesome. So Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams, Bronson Kafusi all had really, really memorable nights in the preseason in NFL action. Jeremy, what was the best thing that you saw last night amidst those three? It was Taysom Hill's long run. It was 20 or 30 yards. He rushed seven times for 52 yards and had a three-yard touchdown. That was awesome. He team, also Team high. He also went eight of nine for 72 yards. He was sacked twice as well for nine yards. Jamal Williams, five carries, 16 yards. So not a great rushing night, but the touchdown catch he had, uh, he made a couple guys miss, got into the end zone. That was awesome. I, I yeah, it was it was Taysom Hill, but it was great that Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams had a touchdown. And Bronson Kafusi had a big tackle for loss. That was great. A couple of tackles uh, in that one, and a big win over the Rams. So it was a fun night. I think it was a great night for Cougars in the NFL. Yeah, Taysom Hill's run of you know twenty twenty five ish yards, whatever it was. The highlight for me was putting a defender on skates. I mean, a cornerback comes up to make the tackle, and we saw one of those vintage sharp cuts inside, and then Taysom goes for like 10 yeah. more yards after that. Blue by just, him. Yeah, and Taysom posted on his Instagram account last night that play, saying, hey, it was, it was good to get back at it. And, and what he put in parentheses, uh, what he should have put in parentheses was, man, if we had only run this stuff in 2016, we probably would have won 11 games. <laughs> Don't go there. Don't do that. But it did. Don't do that. Just don't go. Don't that. take another step down that road. Uh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm all, not. I'm not over that. All Texas fans. A lot of people aren't over that. Uh, I'm sure Texas was uh, looking through the blinders of their fingers last night as Taysom did it again. We know it all too well. We know it all too well. Like, do little kids dress up as Taysom Hill on Halloween in Austin just to scare the kids? They should. Ah, send, that guy. Send the number four BYU jersey. White guy with the knee brace. <laughs> Yes. Thriller night. Another Michael Jackson reference in Austin, Texas. Uh, Of note, Fred Warner was out with a chest injury, and we reported that earlier this week. But then Harvey Longy, if there was a downside to what happened in last night's uh, NFL preseason action, it was the Patriots linebacker Harvey Longy. And this is what happened with Harvey. The Athletics' Jeff Howe tweeted, Longy took a hit to the side in practice that resulted in an internal laceration, uh, some worries about his kidney. So Longy isn't expected to return for four to five weeks. Harvey Longy can't catch a break. Man, he's, he's been in a through serious car accident rear. with his wife. Luckily, they uh, you know, were okay after that, but it was pretty serious at first. Um, and then this. So we hope Harvey Longy uh, can get well and then get back in there. He's an undrafted free agent on the Patriots. Like that's a that's a big deal that he's on the Patriots. Yeah, yeah well, and he took a six-figure signing bonus as well as an undrafted free agent, which is like unheard of. So they clearly are all in on the Harvey Longy train. He's got to get healthy, and he was until last night. Question of the day: so a couple of days ago, which yes, excuse me, a couple of days ago, which Cougar in the NFL impressed you the most last night? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation. On BYU Sports Nation. At Jaycar Campion on Twitter, your boy Taysom Hill. Your boy. That's written to Jerem Jordan. <laughs> looked really good at quarterback. Will Bond? 
and on special teams. I'm pretty sure Sean Payton is tossing around the idea of making him a three-way player nice, and putting him in at linebacker. There's nothing that kid can't do. How much run will Taysom Hill get? That's the question. Obviously, he's the holder. He's the he's the backup quarterback first. He's a he's gunner on special teams. He's a gunner on special teams. So, what do you what do you do with him? You know, it's exciting to see what they could do with him, right? Well, we're Drew, seeing some of it right Drew now. Drew Brees is healthy. He ain't playing much quarterback, unfortunately. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. What Cougar in the NFL impressed you the most last night? Football's back. Preseason football happening all over the map. It's that time. It's so good. It's so good. Almost as good as September. Coming up, who is the running back, y'all? Our position preview takes us to the dudes carrying the rock this season. Uh, And our BYU Sports Nation All Access takes us one-on-one with the guy who is making that decision largely about who carries the ball. Running backs coach A.J. Stewart. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We want to get you on TV. If you're in the area, come to the North End Zone, Gate 5 of LaBelle Edwards Stadium next Tuesday, August 14th. There'll be a free concert starting at about 8.15 Eastern from the National Parks. Then at 8.45 Eastern, the shoot starts for a new music video open for Countdown to Kickoff. That's next Tuesday, August 14th at LaBelle Edwards Stadium. Show up for the free concert at 8.15 Eastern time. Can't wait to see you there. Yeah, get your mug on TV in 4K and high definition. It's going to be great. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation, simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. We hope you're enjoying your Friday. The conversation always open on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can pick whichever platform you like the most or all three. We welcome everyone wherever. Use the hashtag BYUSN when you want to converse with us. Answer this question. What cougar in the NFL impressed you the most last night? Taysom Hill had a night. So did Jamal Williams and Bronson Kafusi burst onto the scene a little bit for the Baltimore Ravens on defense. At Calmere in on Twitter. Kai Nakua. He only played in the second half, but he got in, wow. When he got in, wow. He was always where the ball was, made at least four unassisted tackles, one on a kickoff return, and two assisted tackles. He played safety at one point in the game. Isn't he a safety? Well, he is, yes, but they're saying he made a, he made a oh. big difference on special teams. Nice. And then also played safety. Very nice. It's just good to not be on the Browns, right? Well, in a way, he's still on the Browns, right? <laughs> yes, don't tell that to Ravens fans. <laughs> hey, Art Modell, what's up, man? Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Who is the guy that will tote the rock for BYU football this year at running back? We think it could be any one of really three main contributors, but maybe it expands beyond that. Who better to ask that question to than the running backs coach, A.J. Stewart. BYU Sports Nation all-access, one-on-one, Jason Shepard, now with the new guy in the coaching staff. How was fall camp going for you? I mean, you obviously are one of the new coaches here at BYU. Now that fall camp has started, what's it like? It's going great. Um, obviously not as hot as I'm used to, so that's that's a, a plus. But it's been really good. The guys are working their, their butts off, man. They're 
uh, giving us all they have. They're learning every day. They're getting better every rep. And as a coach in fall camp, that's all you can ask for. We're not expecting them to be ready for September 1st uh, right now. You know, we just want to be working that direction, and the guys are doing that. There's a lot of new things going on in your life, not only the new job and a new season, but I'm, uh, I'm on Instagram the other day, and I happened to see a post from you, and it was, it was the gender reveal of the little one that you and your wife are expecting, and needless to say, you were quite happy that it's a little boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've always uh, wanted, obviously, to have children, but especially a boy, if, if possible. So uh, just God, just I'm very grateful for, for him providing that, and we're excited um, and look forward to him coming to games and uh, hopefully one day uh, be able to play, play a little football himself, and, and we'll see how it goes. Now, I realize this is early on. Have you thought of names in – where does Jason rank in terms of names you would consider? Maybe as a middle name. I would like him to be an AJ. So, hey, appreciate that. You're helping okay. You're help, helping us out. But uh, we're not sure yet. We haven't talked very much, honestly, about the names. We're just uh, enjoying the, the process, and we're still pretty early along. So um, we'll talk about that as we get down to crunch time. But uh, definitely appreciate uh, using Jason potentially as a middle name. I like that. I'm going to hold him to it. I'm not really. All right, let's talk about football. I, I was asking uh, Squally Canada the other day after practice. I asked what you have brought to the running back groups, and the first thing out of his mouth is perfectionist. Like he wants us to do everything the right way. How are the guys handling that type of coaching? Uh, they're handling it really well. Um, they see it. When we watch film, they see the coaching. It, it, they, they see that it's not I just wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I'm going to pick on these guys in this way or that. They see how it's going to help our team be better. Um, and they're willing to do the, do the little things. And that's just something we've, we try to bring in in the spring is just uh, the details are what's going to allow us to be successful each and every week. And uh, just making, it, making a big emphasis daily on, on foundational principles uh, of being a running back and, and understanding our offense uh, on a deeper level in ways that uh, we'll be able to execute at a high level. One of the big storylines when fall camp opened was the fact that Bo Hodge is now with the running backs. What has he added to that group? Because he looks the part. For sure. He, de- he definitely looks the part. He's, uh, he's really brought a lot of maturity to our group. Um, he, he, he can do a lot of different things. Um, he's a really good mentor to a lot of our younger uh, players and things like that. And he knows our offense, obviously, being a quarterback. Uh, so that's helped a lot. He's, he's able to uh, grasp a lot of, uh, more coaching points than most guys just moving to a position because he already understands our offense on a deeper level. So he's been great. He's, he's pushing everybody to be uh, better because he is really good. And uh, he, he competes. You know, he's competing for a job. So uh, it's, it's just been, honestly, a I've been really grateful to have him in our room, um, not just the player he is, but the young man he is and, and what he brings to our room. One of the guys that I've been really high on, even in spring, was Zach Katoa. I, I've been really impressed with what I've seen from him. How is he adjusting to being given more reps? He's doing really well. He's a... Uh, He's he's wise beyond his years as as far as a football player. You know he's he's a young player, but he he understands the game on a deeper level, um, and he's obviously really talented. So that helps bridge the gap uh, when when he doesn't know everything, um, you know, like the back of his hand yet. But he's done a great job. His effort. That's one thing about him is each and every day you know what you're going to get. You can turn your back and he's going to make take the same type of rep you would if you were you know glancing at every little detail in his game. So um, he he really holds his, himself accountable and holds himself to a, the standard that I try to hold our guys to and, and that helps and um, that's the reason why he's a really good player. Everyone's asking about you know when BYU is going to name a starting quarterback. Running backs are in a very similar situation. W- w- do you have a timeline on having a guy that's going to be the starter? Is that going to be determined on the guys separating themselves with their play? H- how is that going to work out? It's, it's a little bit... Uh, it, 
it, that's kind of a tricky question for running backs because you you want to prepare everybody to potentially um, be ready to to take legitimate snaps in a game because it's such a physical position. We obviously would like to have a guy who stands out and we know what we're going to get out of him from a down-to-down basis and then other guys, we can work other guys around him. So we are looking for that and somebody to separate themselves, but at the same time, I'm not just looking for one guy to to separate themselves and then not coach the rest of them. Everybody's getting coached like like we're going to have to rely on them because you know, statistics show that, you know, not a lot of teams start off the season with the, the starter and he takes every snap, you know, throughout the, the remainder of, you know, the 12-game season and things like that. So um, we're going to prepare each and every one of them to be the guy um, and expect them to know what, what uh, the job entails whenever they step into the, that opportunity when it comes. All right, last thing. Are our St. Louis Cardinals going to make the postseason? I think they are. I like some of the uh, changes we're making. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a few things. Obviously, uh, we ne- don't like seeing coaches get let go, but um, I, th- I think it shows that they're trying to make a push. And, and I think that we're right in striking distance. About four games back, you know, from the second wild, wild card spot, they're playing better in the second half of the season. So I'm always diehard Cardinals, man. I'm rooting until the till the season's over for sure. That's right. We're talking some baseball. AJ, great stuff. Congratulations once again on the little. Appreciate the time. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. BYU Sports Nation All Access One on One with running backs coach AJ Stewart. We'll Cardinals preview Sports Nation. No, is that what that just became? What just happened? No, but you can't point the finger because you make it Copper Hills Sports Nation and Seahawks Sports Nation and Mariners Sports Nation. Well, we never do much, so when we do something, I get I have to bring it up. <laughs> we'll preview the running backs group in about seven minutes. Every player at that position plus fullback and who we project will factor into the mix in the 2018 season. The point is to make you experts on the guys carrying the football. Our question of the day, which Cougar in the NFL impressed you the most last night at loyal underscore strong underscore true on Instagram? Taysom Hill for sure. Jamal Williams was really great too, but Taysom was killing it. Again, let's revisit his stat line. Eight for nine passing, 72 yards, team high. Six rushes, 52 yards, team high and a rushing touchdown. That's pretty effective. That was great. It's fantastic. Justin R. Huff on Twitter, Taysom Hill. He was the leading rusher and passer. And when the coach has designed run plays just for him, how can you not get excited? I'm interested to see what the RPOs, run pass options, do in the NFL because traditionally that kind of offense has been discouraged because of how physical uh, the game is. Obviously, Taysom Hill with a history of injuries. Uh, It's his strength but it's also his weakness, right? His strength is running, but his weakness is, is that, unfortunately, he's been injured often. So can he be what like do you Steve, do? Can he be like a Steve Young character where it's like at, at the right time, so occasional runs for big plays, but develop into a pocket passer? It's a tough comparison because Steve is one of the most efficient passers in NFL. Right. I'm not saying that it is right now, but can Taysom Hill evolve along that line somewhere of just trying to put himself in the – I don't know, in in that pattern of what Steve Young was doing in the NFL, which is, okay, he's an athletic, super explosive runner, yeah. but can he just kind of rein that back and, and develop into the pocket passer? Steve uh, is a pro football Hall of Famer, amazing player. Taysom, his physicality is certain. Right now he's a change of pace guy. He's like the utility guy, apparently. He can do everything. Yeah. You know, like yeah. He can hold. He can be on special teams. I just want to see him get a chance to do something. He's behind one of the top six quarterbacks in the NFL, so it's going to be tough. Yeah, well, and injuries. how much does that actually help Taysom Hill that he is being mentored by Drew Brees? Oh, no, that's fantastic. It's just, 
if he's five years as a backup, that might not be a good thing. If it's two or three and he goes elsewhere, maybe that's a better situation. Yeah. I mean, well, how long was how, and I know I keep going back to Steve Young, but how long was Steve Young a backup quarterback? Yeah, well, Steve got pretty antsy there. Understandably, yeah, yeah, which I'm sure Taysom Hill at some point will get antsy. As an undrafted free agent, it's very different, right? I don't, I don't think situation is very comparable. Like Steve was the number one pick in a league, right? Yeah, all in due time. I just, I'm just, it'll be interesting to see how all this plays out if Taysom Hill even stays in New Orleans. I would love for him to go somewhere else and get a shot. That's what I want, like next year. Coming up, how much more will the tight ends be used this season with Bushman, MLP, and freshman Dallin Holker? The tight ends coach Steve Clark will tell us. And what's his beef with us? Why, wait, why does no one has beef with us? What? Plus, your thoughts on the best of the best <laughs> from last night's Cougars in the NFL action and which five-time West Coast Conference Championship BYU team was picked to finish third in the WCC? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. Watch it on BYUSN.com or the BYU TV app. Listen on the BYU Radio app or where podcasts are found. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan hanging out in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. And here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football fall camp all-access coverage continues today. Media availability begins at 2.30 p.m. Eastern, 12.30 Mountain Time. Join the BYU TV Sports Facebook page for an interactive Facebook Live with players, coaches, recap, Tomorrow, the team goes live, wearing full pads for their first fall camp scrimmage. And it's closed, by the way, so don't show up trying to get in. Cougars in the NFL crushed it last night. Taysom Hill went 8 for 9, 72 yards passing, rushed 7 times for 52 yards, and a touchdown, basically 5, because he was sacked twice. Packers' number one running back, Jamal Williams, carried the ball 5 times for 16 yards and caught an 8-yard touchdown. And the Ravens' Bronson Kafusi, 2 tackles, including... A nice tackle for loss. Kyle Van Noy also recorded a tackle in a Patriots win over the Redskins. Kai Nakua saw some action for the Ravens as well. And Harvey Longy of the Patriots, Fred Warner of the 49ers, did not play due to injuries. And the women's soccer team is picked to finish third in the West Coast Conference preseason coaches poll. Kayla Coulihan is the lone Cougar on the all-WCC preseason team. Cougars play at UCLA tonight in an exhibition game at 9 Eastern. That's a big exhibition game. Uh, yeah, because UCLA is ranked number two in there the United go. Soccer Coaches poll. Now, fun fact, BYU will host number one ranked Stanford in soccer on Thursday, August 30th mm. at Southfield. So they will play. And then Friday in volleyball against the number one Stanford. Number one right? Stanford, yes. BYU soccer will play the number one and number two teams in the preseason coaches poll. One in exhibition, one that really counts. And one in Provo. Oh, Is that what you're saying? Yeah, the Cardinal Ooh. are coming to Provo. Bo- volleyball and soccer both That's hosting awesome. number one ranked Stanford. That's yeah, awesome. great stuff. Uh, as we told you earlier, BYU football 22 days away from opening the season at Arizona. We just talked to the running backs coach, A.J. Stewart, courtesy of Jason Shepard and his one-on-one all-access interview in the indoor practice facility. But let's dive into what he's working with there. Who are the guys? What are their names? And what do we expect from them? Here is your position preview for the BYU running backs. Okay, the coach is A.J. Stewart, who we just heard from, as you mentioned. First year uh, running backs coach at BYU. He played at Kansas as a quarterback, then a receiver, then a tight end. But he coached the running backs the past four years at Rice. Okay, Best player. I don't think I know the answer to this, but perhaps it's Lopini Katoa. Wait, who? Zach is not going by Zach anymore. He's officially Lopini Katoa on 
BYUCougars.com, FYI. So we're going to go with that now. Turn in the page. As of this segment, because last segment he was Zach. Now he's Lopini. Now say okay. it like Jason. Lopini. <laughs> yeah. Is Squally Canada the best running back? I proposed the other day that perhaps Bo Hodge, we need to see more volume, could be the best running back BYU has. That is a hot take, it my is, friend. It is hot. Is Skip Bayless here or what? I think you have three options there that you like. Okay, Squally Canada is certainly the incumbent. 710 yards last year, 5.9 yards per carry. That's a good number. Six TDs, including that breakout performance against UNLV, 213 yards, two touchdowns. Squally Canada has been really good against non-Power 5 teams. It's against the Power 5 teams where I'm wondering if perhaps he can be better. He'll have plenty of opportunities in September. And if Lopini Katoa can show up too. And what role does Bo Hodge play in that? Yeah, well, you left out a name that I know a lot of people are asking As about. As best player? No, no, no. Not oh. just best. Just... That's what we're talking about right okay, now. Okay, yes. But maybe some people think he is the best player because of his limited action, but his production in that limited time. Riley Burt. Where does he factor in? He's an interesting character in this, right? Apparently injured for a bit. They didn't play him. And it was like this weird thing where it's like, why doesn't Riley Burt play? Why doesn't he play? Um, he, as a freshman, had a nice run against East Carolina. Last year, Riley Burt ran the ball 23 times for 104 yards. Okay, 75 of those came against Hawaii. That's like four and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly, 4.52. Did you look that up? I before? did not look that up. Yeah, let's talk about the two deep, and then we can get into that. So running back, I think it's Lopini Katoa or Squally Canada at one, and okay. then Bo Hodge right behind him, and then Riley Burt. Now, do you think at some point this season, because of your hot take, Bo Hodge will emerge as one of the top two guys, if not the top guy? Is that what you were We'll, we'll see. Like, if at? Bo Hodge is awesome, they're going to they're play whoever's effective. I think that into game one, Lopini Katoa is the number one guy. And, and then Squally. I think Bo will be a change-of-pace guy, but if he's really effective, it's like, well, let's give him some Or is more. he the Swiss Army knife? Is he the utility guy that's used as a slot receiver and sometimes a wildcat quarterback and as a running back? Yeah, but if like, here's what I'm saying. If he's really good, use him more. Like, if your change-up is striking out people, you can throw it a little more yeah, often no. just to see what's happening. Right? I, I understand. And the, perhaps the he's not logic. a change-up. Yes, if he's Maybe great, he's play a, him. He's a fastball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. At fullback, who's there? Everybody remembers Braden L. Bakri, specifically for his hit against San Jose State on special teams. Oh, he's immortal because of that. Yes. He is the guy at fullback, but who's behind Braden L. Bakri? Johnny or Kujay Tapusoa, former middle linebacker, uh, Kahuku kid, I believe. And then Kyle Griffiths is another fullback there. So we'll see how much fullback is in this. I, I bet you see more fullback than we saw last year. I love this next question, which is the biggest question mark within the running backs group. We talked about Riley Burt. Yeah, question marks all over the place there. But, I mean, we that's just scratching the surface. There is a lot going on there. Okay, K.J. Hall and Kavik Fonua are not back yet. They're not practicing, and they are still recovering. And K.J. has produced – for BYU. KJ had a 75-yard run against San Jose State. Like, I like KJ Hall and what he brings to the team. Good in space. Yeah. Older brother of uh, Jaron, who's performing really well, apparently, at quarterback in fall camp. Uh, so we'll see when they get healthy. I think because they were injured, and we mentioned this yesterday, uh, Matt Hadley and Tanner Jacobson moved to the position. What w- role will they play, if any? They're listed both on defense and offense, by the way. Right. I see four dudes ahead of those guys right now. Riley Burt's thing is, I'm not sure he's an every-down back when compared to Lopini Katoa and Squally Canada. 
And then what do you do with Bo Hodge? So Riley Burt has to have a great fall camp to kind of emerge and get an opportunity. I, I see Riley Burt getting a carry occasionally. I think he's good in kind of a jet sweep, kind of simple play there. Um, I'm interested to see if he can do more, but I I see Lopini Katoa as a redshirt freshman and the senior Squally Canada as kind of the top two up there. Yeah, a lot of people are banking on Lopini Katoa because of the rhetoric that was started by Fred Warner in practice coming to the this. coaches yeah. and said, can we play this dude? He's really good and, and hard to defend was, against. BYU was, at the time was like one in five or yeah. something. So it's like, can we just get somebody else can in we, here to help I us on offense? I think he's the best running back that we yeah. have. That was the opinion of Fred Warner. So that started all this rhetoric. We're finally going to get to see him in a real game. And I want to clarify something. K.J. Hall and Kavika Fanua, because of their health concerns, we were all wondering, like, why are they moving Matt Hadley and Tanner Jacobson to running back? It's because those two guys it would aren't appear. healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sione Fino from Kearns uh, is a guy that's young in the mix. We'll see how much run he gets this year, perhaps redshirt. But uh, that's your group running back, man. Let's go. Yeah, and how much can the coaches figure out, specifically Jeff Grimes and A.J. Stewart, what running backs are going to separate themselves from the pack in these full pad live scrimmages? Oh, we'll see. And you hope everyone stays healthy again because it's football, man. People get hurt. Okay, our position group previews continue on BYU Sports Nation all the way up through game number one against Arizona. We've done the defensive line, and now we've done the running backs. If you missed the defensive line conversation, not to worry. You can download the podcast, listen to that entire baseball in his return to the Beehive State. Jason Shepard goes one-on-one with Steve Clark. Why is the tight ends coach taking shots at BYUSN? And which tight end or tight ends will be his big shot this season? This is BYU Sports Nation. That group's loaded. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fall camp coverage continues today with post-practice interviews and a recap. Log on to facebook.com slash Sports at 2.30 Eastern today for the latest from practice. That's facebook.com slash Sports. Live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan, our daily BYUSN rebroadcast on Sirius XM Channel 143. BYU Radio, 7 Eastern, 5 Mountain Time. Steve Clark was the lone holdover from last year's offensive coaching staff. He had to say goodbye to everyone. There's a reason he stayed. Because Jeff Grimes saw the value in what he did with the tight ends group, specifically Matt Bushman, not to mention the other skills he brings to the coaching staff. He's clearly got some significant weaponry in his position group, with all of those tight ends, Matt Bushman, Moroni Laula, Pututau, Dallin Holker is Love a great Dallin Holker. Yeah, a lot of people do. We are one-on-one, BYU Sports Nation All Access, Jason Shepard interviewing Steve Clark. All right, Coach, well, let's, let's talk about something that I think everybody really is focusing on this offseason, and that is the offseason, or excuse me, the offensive mustaches that we're, we're seeing. You are sporting one of these mustaches. But I get the feeling that you may not necessarily be proud of it or happy with it right now. Uh, no, I'm I'm very happy with it. It's glued on there 
it's glued on there really good. Um, no, I, you know, Jeff, Jeff said, hey, as an offensive staff, we're going to grow mustaches, and so here I am. Is, this like, is it like team building? Is that the purpose of this, to do something together to grow as a coaching staff? Yeah, when we need that really bad. So he said, let's grow mustaches, and uh, he thought the players would get a kick out of it, and, and they did, yeah, and they, they're still getting a kick out of it. So, What has it been like after a long off season? To finally be able to get back to the the daily grind of football activities with the players, it's it's uh, um, you know it's it's fun and stressful at the same time. But the players did a great job over the season or over the summer of of working. We came in and and we hit the ground running. I mean, we did our installs were were real quick because they they knew it. They did a good job, a great job of taking ownership of the offense in the summer and and running with it. So you know, we we were able to do a more than I've ever been able to do in any place I've been uh, on the first day. It's interesting that you bring that up because all of the players we've talked to have all said the same thing, that the player-run practices have really helped them kind of work out some of the kinks together and be able to come into camp without having to worry about some of those things that normally you would, you would have to struggle with early on and, as you said, hit the ground running. And, and more so uh, the details of it, the shifts and motions and formations and splits and you know, those are the things that you iron out on the first day that we didn't have to do on the first day. We could go right into, to, you know, to, to place. One of the other things that's that's coming out, um, and we heard a little bit about this when when Coach Grimes was hired, but it really seems like he has done a fantastic job of empowering all of you coaches to be able to do your own thing the way you see fit, certainly under an umbrella of the offense. How empowering is that for the offensive coordinators say, this, this is your area, you run this. Yeah, and, and, and it's, it gives you a lot of confidence. And then, and then if, if you run it and it's, you know, not the way he wants it, it he's very good at, at teaching you. Right. It's, it's not jump all over you. It's, it's, you know, this is how we did it. And he brings a lot of knowledge. And he brings a lot of, um, you know, resources. We have a lot of film of how great players have done it, the places he's coached. So, you know, we'll throw that up there and watch it. But, you know, I never feel like um, Jeff is, is, is on my breathing down my neck. And um, he, he's, he's great to work with and, uh, you know, allows you to, to teach your players. And then he'll come to you and, and ask why. Or, um, but it's always a very, he's a very positive coach, very easy to work with. Over the last couple of years, you always hear, is the tight end going to be back? Is the tight end going to be back? I'm not hearing those questions anymore this year. I think everybody realizes the tight ends are back at BYU. Yeah, I mean, Matt had a good year last year, and, you know, we want to keep continue that. Um, I think something that, that's, that's kind of missing in that is, you know, there's two phases to a tight end. There's, there's the pass catching, which we always focus on, and there's the, the run blocking and sometimes the pass protection, which is equally as important. And so, you know, we got to look at the, the tight ends as a whole. I don't want to have a guy catch 15 balls in a game but then miss every block that he's in in the run game or in the pass game. So, you know, we've, we, we've got to be complete players. How do you feel the group has done as a whole? You mentioned Matt Bushman and coming off a, an All-American season as a freshman, but Moroni Laulupututau is back and healthy, which I know is a big deal. Uh, Holker is a guy that's really stood out in the time we've been able to see. What do you think of this group overall? It's a great group. It's a it's a great group, and you know it keeps the, the competition. I mean, it's competition. Competition raises your 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 uh, group level. Everybody's got to play better. Um, 
Moroni is, you know, very um, – he, he knows the position, and he's very good at it, and we got to keep him – keep him healthy you know he's just not 100 percent yet so we're we're still working out you know keeping his monitoring his reps dallin holker's been great coming in his challenge is bringing uh is is understanding the complete offense not just the the pass stuff um and then and then jj's so much fun to work with because of his effort his effort is great all the time and he he doesn't miss many assignments before we started this interview, we were talking uh, about Spencer and Jeremy. You were asking where they were. Do you have any, since they're watching this right now, do you have a message for Spencer and Jeremy that you'd like to convey? Well, if they're, doing, if they're working with the missionaries, the missionaries are, <laughs> they are, they are in big trouble. <laughs> did those two go on missions? Uh, they did, yes. They did? Yes, they did. Wow, you could have fooled me on that one. <laughs> well, I hope they're doing well, and, uh, if, you know, if they, they need any advice or, you know, some spiritual thoughts, they can... You know, they got my number. You know, they can always go to you. They can count on me. Coach, appreciate the time. Thanks. No, no problem. Thank you. Well, that uh, interview went a very different direction than I thought it was going to go at the end. And if I need mustache advice, I don't know where not to go. <laughs> <laughs> I love Steve, dude. He's great. He's great. Yeah, Steve is good. Now, we, we noticed something that he said in the, also in the latter part of the interview. Moroni Laluputitao is not 100%. That's interesting. Coming off a Liz Frank injury, which was uh, suffered in fall camp last year, uh, hopefully MLP is good. I didn't yeah, realize he was like 95 percent healthy. Right. What if he's 98? He's like, eh, he's not 100. <laughs> is he setting us because up? I don't know. To me, MLP is the most uh, underrated part of the BYU offense here. Perhaps Bo Hodge, if he emerges as a, a big player there. MLP is a really good receiver. We've got to see him block a little more as a tight end. He was ready to do that last year. We just haven't seen it. But Bushman, MLP, Dallin Holker. Love it. Is, is yes. a young, talented, yes. really good freshman. Um, I'm excited about the tight ends. Are they back? No, because one was there last year. JJ and Wigway is an interesting cat uh, at tight end. He can block, obviously, former offensive lineman. Caught a pass against San Jose State. You want some hype for the hype machine, Jerem? No. You don't? No. I'm going to give it to you anyway. I know. I won't tell you which staffer, and this is, okay, I shouldn't say staffer, which person in the athletic department told me this, but they said, I am having flashbacks of Johnny Harleen, Dennis Pitta, and Andrew George with those three. Right now, I really want to wear the Royal Army preseason <laughs> national champ shirt. Dude, dude, how was and I was like, "Wow, that's uh, that's quite uh, the compliment there." And, so not, and he's like, "I'm just seeing flashes, just seeing flashes of those three. And I that, like that full group. bright light. I know. Coming up, Cougars oh. in the NFL crushed it last night, but it wasn't all good news. The latest on Fred Warner and Harvey Lungie. Yeah, we haven't told you about Micah Hanneman and Tomasi Laulile with their teams. They also saw well, NFL preseason. Laulile beat night. my team, so yeah. Oh, is that why we skipped that? Yeah, well, it's preseason. Who cares? Jerem, this is BYU Sports Nation, not Preserve Your Feelings Sports Nation. Yeah, I don't know. Go back to that first block. Go, Cougars! Shout out to today's guests, A.J. Stewart and Steve Clark. Nice mustache, Steve. <laughs> Sorry, Dennis Pitt. We're out of time, man. If you missed any part of the show, you can download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. 
football. Cougars are practicing as we speak for the eighth time in fall camp. Watch post-practice interviews and a recap at 2.30 Eastern on Facebook.com slash Sports. The team has a planned closed scrimmage tomorrow. Taysom Hill went eight for nine with 72 yards passing and a rushing touchdown and a Saints win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, Williams had 16 yards on five carries and an eight-yard touchdown catch and a Packers win over the Titans. Bronson Kafusi had two solo tackles, including a big-time tackle for loss, while Kai Nakua had three tackles and a Ravens win over the Rams. Kyle Vinoy had a tackle in the Patriots' win over the Redskins. Harvey Longy also on the Patriots. He's injured. The Athletics' Jeff Howe tweeted Longy took a hit to the side in practice that resulted in an internal laceration. Longy isn't expected to return for four to five weeks. Get better, Harvey. Fred Warner was also out last night with a chest injury for the 49ers, who beat the Cowboys. Micah Hanneman had a solo tackle in a Cleveland Browns win over the Jets last night. And Tomasi Lalele recorded a tackle in the Colts win over the Seahawks. Good thing it was in the preseason because it ain't happening in the regular season. No, wait. The Browns played the Giants last night, right? Yes. That yeah, was the because the Jets team. played. Correct. Colby Pearson. Wrong New York team. And the Atlanta Falcons take on Jonah Trinneman and the New York Jets tonight at 730 Eastern. Other former Cougars playing tonight include Ziggy Ansah for the Detroit Lions, recently off the pup list and michael davis for the la chargers jordan leslie also in action for the denver broncos soccer and women's soccer is picked to finish third in the west coast conference preseason poll michaela coolahan the lone cougar on the all west coast conference preseason team cougars play at number two ucla tonight in an exhibition game at nine eastern cougars in the minors adam law one for four with a run batted in for jerem jordan's tacoma rainiers they lost to the salt lake bees Today's rise and shout goes to Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams for both scoring a touchdown on the same night in NFL exhibitions. Awesome. They're back at it again. Yeah, baby. What Cougar in the NFL impressed you the most last night? That is our question of the day at Lisa Brewer Wilson on Facebook. I liked Jamal. He was wide open on his TD. I liked the touchdown, too. Well, he was wide open when he caught the pass, but then he had to make like three guys miss. And his dance was awesome. Yeah, it was outstanding. All right, Jerem, what is our elite voice of the day? At OPC underscore killer on Twitter. The real MVP was the football. That football was finally on TV. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah. Let's go. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Shows on demand at BYUSN.com. Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Who should we shout out to? Wally Joyner. <laughs> I love it. How about Bryce Moika? No.